Ah, Tekra. Ow, Teshray. Attica? Ow, 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 Tekra. Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. Ever been laughing with a friend, and they think you're laughing at them? Ah, oh, I had that happen the other day. Not cool. Anyway, book news! I, I, I'm pleased to announce I've, I've signed off on the cover art for my forthcoming ninth novel, and I immediately ordered a paperback-proof copy from the publisher, which is scheduled to arrive later this week. Assuming the... The proof gets to me on time, and the artwork looks as spectacular in a physical printed format as it does on my laptop, then, then I'll soon thereafter be making this next book of mine available for purchase. I, I'm excited about this new novel. I, I've still yet to announce the title. I, I promise as soon as I have this next proof copy in my hands, I will let you in on the title via my social media. For whatever reason, I just have a, a weird superstition about... Sharing my book titles too early. I don't know what that is. Uh, oh man, this is this is. I think, I I think this is the third episode of this podcast in a row where I'm, I'm going to eulogize someone I'd admired. Uh, we lost the comedian Norm Macdonald this past week to cancer. He was 61. I loved Norm's humor. I I, I loved him on SNL. Every time he was on Conan back in the day, I, I'd always record the episode because because Norm was so unpredictable. I'd consume anything Norm released. His, his comedy album, Ridiculous. His book, based on a true story, not a memoir. It was so funny. I, I remember reading it in public places and just laughing out loud. I actually own a bootleg live performance of Norm's that I believe was recorded in the late aughts. I used to drive around listening to it and just marveling at Norm's spontaneity and responding to the audience and his relaxed delivery, you know? His wit was at times so absurdist, but also so obvious to the point of hilarity. What a mind, man. What a mind. For me, it was, it was, always, it was always like I was just happy knowing that that guy was walking around with this unusual and original perspective on life. And now he's not. The world lost a tremendous comedy talent this past week. Rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. Did you know you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast? You, you should. You're the one who put it on, Ding Dong. Oh, oh, unless you just got off into the car of one of your super cool friends. In which case, just, just act like you know and quickly subscribe to the show. Yes, this is the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. Hello! I've been faithfully recording and uploading at least one new episode of this fine program once a week since January 1st, 2018. I like to talk with interesting, creative people. Sometimes I'll do a funny bit. Sometimes I'll read you a story. And sometimes I just monologue. Sometimes while I'm taking a bath. Honestly, there are no ads on People Are the Enemy, and there's no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love the show and you want to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some great fiction, uh, please consider purchasing one or two of my novels. I am the author of eight independently published books that are all available right now worldwide via Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my novels in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song.
Hello, People Are the Enemy listeners. This is episode 191 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Uh, you may know our guest, Eric Peacock, from his malpropismic Twitter moniker, Obey Bollocks, the man who has never been owned online. Well, you can now add podcast host to that descriptor because... Less than a month ago, Eric launched Soundtracker, a podcast wherein every week he and a guest take a deep dive into one film and its original motion picture soundtrack. Now, having been mutuals with Eric on Twitter for years, I could confidently say, even before I listened to the first episode of Soundtracker, that his eclectic knowledge of music runs deep. After having learned of Soundtracker and subsequently listening to every episode thus far... I'm going to be completely honest with you folks. I, I don't think there's a better person for this job. Uh, going into each episode, it's evident Eric has done his homework. He's, he's always enthusiastic and gregarious. He's obviously passionate about his subject matter. And he's a very gracious host, giving his guests plenty of mic time. And it's largely a love fest, meaning, meaning Eric does not set out to make fun of a film or its soundtrack. The podcast is definitely more a celebration of this declining marketing strategy. So with, without any further ado, let's speak now with our guest, Eric Peacock. Hello, Eric. Are you there, sir? I am, Andy, and thank you so much for the kind words. I'm over here blushing. That was that was very nice. Oh, right on, man. Well, it's well-earned. It's well-earned, Eric. Are, are you, Eric, you're from Ohio. Are you in Ohio right now? Oh, I am. I'm Northwestern. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured you've got a you've got a little bit, and maybe you you'd argue this, but a little bit of the youper uh, in your accent. Is that fair to say? Oh, oh I don't know. I you know, <laughs> I've been to the U. I've been to the UP once, and up there it was very Fargo-ish. So maybe I do. I've been told I sound very Midwestern, but I, I'm you have to understand. I am the worst. I have the worst ear for like regional sort of like accents and dialect that. I, I never notice these things unless it's like a deep Southern accent. I, I rarely notice like a differentiation between like Cleveland people supposedly talk different than Cincinnati people and vice versa. And I, I, I never noticed that stuff, but um, I'll take you for you is a pretty beautiful place. Yeah. Right on, right on. It's, it's sort of that thing where as a younger person that, you know, you say, I don't have an accent, you know, <laughs> Right, right. Remember that everybody has an accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have the accent, not me. Right, right. <laughs> Eric, over the last 10 plus years, you've managed to attract a sizable following on social media. Is, is Soundtracker your first podcast? Yeah, actually, yes. It's the first time I jumped into doing something like this. Right on. Why start Soundtracker now? Well, okay, I had been kicking around a podcast for a while. Um, and the idea that I originally had, it was, you know, you mentioned one thing that I like about you caught on to a soundtracker is that in no way am I trying to like make something sound bad or make fun of something. So like, you know, things, it's a pretty weird world we're in right now. And I was initially going to do one that was like mainly about positivity and like people loving things and things they love, but I couldn't figure out a way to work it. And then or it was last year I on Twitter it was one of those ones where I was just kind of talking to myself I was like sort of reminiscing and musing on the days of movie movie soundtracks and how you could go see the worst movie and walk over to Sam Goody and find a really great soundtrack for it and it was one of those ones that got a huge reaction and then about two months later I was at the gym I was listening to Judgment Night actually which we had discussed here earlier um and it sort of hit me in the face like 
you idiot, this is what you should be doing. And I sort of started looking into it. And there's a couple that are doing soundtracks, a couple that I've made friends with since I started the podcast, but they're doing a different angle than I am. And it just sort of came together that way. And that was, that was where I decided to sort of dip my toes into podcasting. Very cool. Very cool. Eric, Every soundtrack you've covered thus far on Soundtracker has been made up of multiple artists. This, this got me thinking. I, I wondered if if you'll ever uh, your podcast will ever be covering films where the soundtrack was kept to to one artist and and for instance, like one that may fall into the um, the years that that you're you you've decided to cover here is Tom Petty's album of, of songs for She's the One. Remember he made that one album? Yeah, and that was a soundtrack. Another I was thinking of was. Cat Stevens album for Harold and Maude, obviously that was way before. But is this is this something you consider, or are you are you looking to keep it exclusively to to um, multiple artist soundtracks? Oh, absolutely! I plan on doing those. Um, you know, I, um, one of the things that I made I sort of I miscommunicated this when I first start when I first announced the podcast. I think a lot of people thought that I was sticking strictly with the '90s, and that's not the case at all either. I couldn't do and bringing it back to an album by one artist. One of the top ones I think of, I couldn't do a movie, a podcast about movies and their relationship to their soundtracks without covering like black exploitation films of the seventies. And you got like Superfly with Curtis Mayfield. Like yes. I couldn't not do something like that. Yes. Uh, I actually just talked to someone the other day about doing Dick Tracy because Dick oh. Tracy actually had three soundtracks. One was a score. So that one doesn't really, but then there was like this weird one with a mix of people like Ice T and like all kinds of people doing sort of like, cabaret songs yeah. and then madonna did an actual solo album of her own that was a third soundtrack wow. from dick tracy soundtrack i had that soundtrack i had the madonna one i i had no idea about the other two that's that's news to me i love that yeah so and these are the you know i didn't know that either until go looking into this project and it was like well, i like dick tracy i'm kind of a big fan of that movie i think it's a fairly underrated uh i mean it's really weird <laughs> oh yeah it's weird but I think it's better than its reputation. So that's, yeah, I was just talking to someone about covering that one the other day that, that I know is another big, tra big Dick Tracy fan on Twitter. So, yeah, oh, absolutely, I'm going to do stuff like that. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Eric, aside from film scores, which aren't covered on Soundtracker, are there any genres of music that you'd prefer to steer clear of? Okay, so <laughs> one of the... One of the movies that I found was um, Beer for My Horses by Toby Keith. Oh, dear. So something like that I would prefer not to do because <laughs> as much as I love, I, you know, I, I, I tr my goal with these is trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who might enjoy like a Toby Keith album when I'm talking about it. Right, right. But that's a pretty tough stretch for me. I just am not a fan of that particular flavor of country music. So, But I also kind of want to do episodes like that just because they might be fun, I suppose, in a certain way, like kind of stretching myself out of my boundaries. So, no, no, I guess to answer your question, no, there's nothing that I would try to steer clear of. Very good. Was that was that Toby Keith album? Because I'm not familiar with the film. I, I know who Toby Keith is, however. Was that one of those situations where he, it was all of his songs for that one soundtrack? I, I believe so, yes. Oh, dear. I, I'd have to go back and double check, but I'm almost positive it was like an actual Toby Keith solo album. Oh, how unfortunate. Anyway, <laughs> do you, Eric, do you remember the first soundtrack you ever purchased? Ooh, maybe Judgment Night. Really? Very well could have been, because I'm trying to think. You know what? I'm trying to think before. You know what? No, 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 New Jack City. It was New ah, Jack City. Ah, okay. 
Very cool, very cool, man. I was going to say, if it was Judgment Night, that would explain, you know, why you're so into it now, because that was, you know, that was a landmark soundtrack. I think that was, uh, you know, to this day, people still talk about Judgment Night, and nobody nobody really cares too much about the film, per se. They, they really, really dig the soundtrack, because for listeners who don't know, it was the pairing of uh, hip-hop and uh, indie rock, and they basically paired a similarly like-minded uh, hip-hop uh artists with indie rock artists and it was kind of it was hit or miss essentially but the I, the concept was so cool i just remember being so excited about it when that came out because i loved yeah, both those genres that teenage fan club de la soul song is yes cool. yes and i think sonic youth was paired with cypress hill if i remember correctly yeah. uh-huh very very cool that that song got me yelled at when i was a kid because my little brother who is nine years younger than me so when that came out i would have been like 13 so he would have been like four years old <laughs> he overheard me singing it walk here on the house singing i love you mary jane and my mom was like eric <laughs> <laughs> so cute right on man right on do, do, do you ever buy a, a um do you ever do you ever buy a soundtrack because of maybe one or two songs on it that you you knew and loved and then ended up discovering and falling in love with a band or artist you you'd never even considered prior has that ever happened to you yeah i mean i know off the top of my head okay um sunset park okay here's one sunset park at the time i didn't know who groove theory were and groove theory this is something that i talked about i think in my introduction episode but groove theory anybody listening to this if you've never heard groove theory please do yourself a favor and go check out their only album they would one album out but their first song that I ever heard was on the Sunset Park soundtrack, which in turn led me to go check out Groove Theory. And I mean, I still listen to that one album of theirs pretty regularly. It's it's a tremendous, like, sort of ushered in the whole neo-soul tail end of the 90s R&B movement. So it's very good. Yes, yeah, so definitely, definitely there are ones that, that's the first one I could think of as an example off the top of my head, but I, I guarantee that there are more um, if I had to, think it through but i'm so bad when i'm on the spot like that too with questions like that but yeah that's one immediately that i thought of this groove theory song and the sunset park soundtrack led me to picking up their one album that they unfortunately broke up after making interesting yeah interesting i i gotta say like similarly and and, and I, I forgive me for putting you on the spot with that question because if posed the same question i'd have a hard time picking a, a group that maybe i hadn't discovered previously before buying the soundtrack but I know as a younger person, when I, I, I see one or two artists that I was really fond of on a soundtrack and I pick it up, I was always excited to hear everything around it in hopes that maybe I'd discover something that, uh, that I, you know, had no idea about prior, you know, that was always fun. Well, and, and no need to apologize. That's a tremendous question. Um, that's like one of those ones that when you get asked, uh, you know, people are telling jokes like you know you, you get put on the spot it's like i know 800 jokes and i can't think of a single one off the yes. top of my head right now it's like yes. one of those situations um but no that's a tremendous question that's a tremendous question and like i said i'm sure that there are more uh well you know honestly i didn't know who teenage fan club was when i got judgment night i was 13 years old i didn't know teenage fan club at all yeah yeah but you knew cypress hill or i'm oh, sorry yes. or de la soul rather i'm sure and they also, yeah, because yeah. I was a big, I was a big rap kid, so that was that was like my draw to that in the first place was like, oh, it's got Onyx and you know Ice T and, but you know, and then I were like Faith No More. I love Faith No More when I was that age. So that was yeah, that was that was one of the things that led me to that particular soundtrack. But um, yeah, there's I'm sure there are plenty of examples. If I went back through and looked at some, that I'd be like, yeah, you know what, I didn't know who they were before I listened to this. 
Eric, do you, do you think it's possible to have to have a great film with a horrible original motion picture soundtrack? Oh, for sure, for sure. There are going to be, and I don't think. Here's the thing: I don't necessarily think. I mean, obviously, taste is you know it's going to be a personal taste thing. There are certain ones that maybe that it's not my particular favorite sort of genre that maybe a lot of people like. Some things like I'm not a huge fan of like some of that like '90s electronica stuff, and I'm sure that there are soundtracks that people absolutely love that. I would be lukewarm too, but I think to me, the ones that I would consider not great are ones that you can tell are just like haphazardly thrown together. They're like a mixtape of like whatever songs they could get keep rights to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even that they're bad songs are just lazy, I guess more so than like it being a bad soundtrack per se of like bad music. The, um, the show, Eric, are you limiting it to, to 1990 through 2010 presently? Is that correct? No, 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 no. I can do any... Okay, so when I started the project, I hate calling it a... I, I gotta, I've corrected myself like four times doing this. Like saying a pro project makes it sound so pretentious. When I started the podcast, it was... It, was, it took me two months worth of i had to go through because there's unfortunately there's not like a website that you can go to for like soundtracks by year so like i had to go through this one website that it's very handy as far as listing out movies per year it has a really good advanced search i'm going through every year and going through and like there's certain ones you can you could just look at and be like there's no way this had one <laughs> but um then there are ones that would surprise me like big bully with tom Arnold and rick moranis is one that i figured for sure wouldn't have a soundtrack and bam there it was but it was it was between 1990 and 2010, I had to manually search and came up with, it was like 1,700 plus. I don't remember the exact figure at the end, but I was just burned out yeah. by the end. And the other thing is this, as every year, the number of movies made progress, like climbed rapidly. It was like 500 in 1990. By the time I got to 2010, it was like 3,000 movies that I was picking through. So, and that just continued climbing for the next decade. Now, at some point, I will for sure go back and do pre-1990 and put together a list, like a, a comprehensive list of, like, probably start at about Saturday Night Fever and then work my way forward is how I'll do it, maybe a little earlier. But, um, no, any, anything anything goes here. I just was, that was, I was like, I got 1,700. That's enough of a starting point. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm, I'm ready to tear my hair out. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, I... You know, I, I was looking at the the Billboard 200, and I was, uh, and I noticed, if only because, you know, you and I were going to speak today, that I think out of the 200 albums, there was only one soundtrack, new soundtrack that stood out on that list, and it was the Shang Chi soundtrack. I think that's what it's called. That that oh, uh, yeah. that that Marvel, and I was I thought like who could be on that, and I didn't I didn't even look into it. But the only other fairly current soundtrack that I remember getting a lot of a lot of ink, so to speak, was uh, for Black Panther. Do you remember that a couple of yes. years ago? Yes. Is there, there's so many, there's so many, um, there's so many in the past, but not necessarily a lot in, in the present. Is there a great, do you remember the last great soundtrack? Like the, for a current film was something that you, that you really latched oh. onto? It's, it's difficult. You I, know, really no, Cause it's been a long time now. It also comes down to the fact, you know, I'm 41 now. So like, I, I, as much as I wish I kept in touch with new music like I used to, and I was told myself I was never going to become one of those people who it has happened in the last few years where, and especially now that I'm doing this, like pretty much everything I listen to is from the sound, soundtrack albums right now, currently anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure that there would be ones that I enjoyed within the last decade, but I can't think of the last one that I've bought. 
I was, yeah, I, I was thinking back. I kind of, I, I remember seeing this one a lot uh, when it came out about, I think it was, what, five or six years ago. But that was Guardians of the Galaxy. That was kind of, remember? And then that I, was a, Yes, that was a big one. Now, the Guardians of the Galaxy one is an awesome, it is a great soundtrack, but it also kind of falls into that category. And what it is, not kind of, it is, it's a mixtape. I mean, that's how it is in the movie. It's a yes. mixtape, you know? Yes. Um, so it's a bunch of songs that, you could find elsewhere if you wanted to. You know right. what I mean? It's, so it's a not, kind of, not original. Yeah, non original. But for song. people who have not heard them, it's a great little place to find a bunch of songs in one little collection. So this would not be something that you would cover then because it's not originally or made for the film. Is that correct? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I still would. I'm just saying that, that, that I'll cover movies like that too. But the big difference is like it's hard to find ones that were like inspired by the film or created for the film. You yes. know what I mean? I think that's less less likely now too. Yes. Now Black Panther, I believe, was. Black Panther, yeah, I will eventually I would like to cover some recent big ones. That's something I would kind of like to do. Again, just for myself too. It's kind of nice to dig up. Uh I you know, the most recent episode that I just did, the one that's coming out this coming Friday will be out, is uh <laughs> Meet the Deedles, which I had never seen, barely remembered even existing. Um, the soundtrack is all like 90s ska music, like the Goldfinger, Boss Tones. Actually, a pretty decent sound. I used to be into that stuff. Um, pretty decent soundtrack. It does have one huge misstep with Cherry Pop and Daddy, so I've always oh not yeah. liked whatsoever. But, um, you know, I, I, I kind of like finding things. That's kind of a fun aspect of this to me, is getting outside of ones that I had or have listened to a ton of times and like seeing what I find. Cause I'm sure that there's going to be, there's a couple songs on that meet the deal soundtrack that will for sure sit in my like iTunes forever. I'm sure, I'm sure that one will do well as there seems to be a resurgent interest in Sky at this moment. I don't know if you've followed any of that, but there was a book recently published. Actually, my favorite album of the year so far is by one of those bands. I never thought that if someone would have told me five years ago that my favorite album in 2021 would be, uh, Ska Revival album, I would have thought they were insane, but the, that new We Are The Union album, Ordinary Life, is phenomenal. It's so good. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's uh, something that I would I thought I'd never see either. I know there was a, a book recently published called In Defense of Ska, and I, 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 I'm, I'm afraid to say I can't remember the author, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's odd that, that that's happening at this time, but uh, you never know, you never know. Eric, you mentioned our, our demographic, and I, I fall into a similar demographic as yourself as far as age, where I'm in my 40s, and so many of my favorite soundtracks are on CD or cassette. Do you, do you still buy physical media? Okay, no, I, you know, okay, that's, now this is funny because the whole thing here, but see, I don't believe that it was necessarily, I don't think that the idea that like MP3s existed is what killed the soundtrack album. I think it's more so like streaming services, like Spotify and stuff that maybe were like the final nail in the coffin. Mm. I mean, I think that, I think that MP3s and like all that kind of stuff didn't help. But I think that ultimately it was like Spotify. But I will say that I was pretty quick to jump on the, like, as soon as I got an iPod, I was like, Oh my God, I'm never going back just because I was one of those people who would buy, you know how many times I bought the same CD of certain CDs? Like there's dozens that I purchased two or three times because I was terrible with them. I would not take care of them. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I'd go to pull my sun visor down to keep the sun out of my eyes and just CDs would rain on my lap Yeah, yeah. when I was, so I was, I was, I was unfortunately, um, I guess I'm a bit of a hypocrite there because I was one of the first to be like, I don't need this physical stuff. No, I, 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 everybody else have gotten back into vinyl collections. That's cool. But I'll never, I'll never understand the, and apparently there's like a sort of a 
hipstery sort of like revival of cassette tapes too. And that one I'll never understand because I lived through the cassette tape era. They weren't, <laughs> there were, there were eight, every other possible piece of physical media was better than a cassette tape. Yes. As far as yes, like, the, 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 abuse. the fidelity on a cassette tape is not, not good at all. But I, I think if you can, if you can get around that, uh, if, if you're someone that's a fan of, of uh, low fidelity music, it's, it's not, it's not too bad. Like listening to guided by voices on a cassette is, is not that different from listening to Guided by Voices, <laughs> you know. And a, a lot of my, a, you know, a lot of my favorite music <laughs> is, I, I know, some of my favorite music is that old, uh, you know, as I've talked about many times on my profile, old Memphis rap music from the mid '90s, and those guys just recorded straight to tape. I mean, wow. most of that stuff never even saw CD release, so the only That's way so you cool. can find it now is where people have uploaded those old cassette tapes to the internet, and they sound like they were recorded underwater, but that adds to what they kind of had going on because yeah. they sort of had these like horror movie undertones and it adds this sort of eerie quality to it. Oh, so that's I, I so agree cool. with you in that aspect. Yeah. There's a charm to that for sure. For sure. It's so weird, man, with fidelity, you know, um, yeah. it, it really is. It, it, you know, I said this the other day, it really is more about ideas than anything, you know, as far as, you know, something can be recorded over months with a, a ton of people and cost tens of thousands of dollars to make, and it could be fantastic. And then some guy could be recording, you know, like a Daniel Johnston type, you know, on a on an old organ, you know, on straight to tape, like you said, and it, that could be fantastic too. It really is just yeah. about well, just see, about the see, idea. For me, this comes down to my dumb ears again. Like as far as fidelity goes, like that's no. I don't mind the the sound of a cassette tape. Like you could play a. If someone played a flack and an MP3 side by side for me, I would not be able to tell you. No, I wouldn't I would either. Yeah. For me, it's more so that I'm lazy and I can't stand having to sit and rewind and wait and find a song <laughs> on a tape or is like with a vinyl or a CD or MP3, you can kind of like easily get to whatever song it is you want to hear as opposed to having to sit and rewind for a minute. Yes, for sure. The convenience is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it's more convenience for me. Right on, man. Eric, who is your dream guest or guests? for sound tracker oh boy well you know what this is going to sound weird but i would like to and this isn't just a single one but people that i would like to get one of the big things that i and again i'm not going to need i guess we'll, we'll pick one example um one of my favorite songs from the 90s is this song by isaac to isaac it's called old school it was on the soundtrack for the show and i talked about this again i think i talked about this in my trailer episode at one point but it was it was that's the only song they've ever made. Like you cannot find anything else by this, these two. Now, a couple years ago, somebody uploaded their whole album to YouTube, but only in like 40 second snippets. And of course, when I asked the guy about it, he asked me if I could, he wanted me to pay him a thousand dollars. And I'm like, oh, I'm you a thousand dollars for someone else's work, dude. Like yeah. no way. Yeah. But like, there are multiple bands like that throughout different soundtracks that I have. I could name like the Doth tales from the hood, the fear. There's a bunch where like, they must have had some sort of regional, local sort of hype behind them that got them on the soundtrack, but like you can't find a city, not even like Discogs pages on these people. Yeah. So for me, my dream guest would be, and I feel like this is probably not beyond the realm of possibility, but getting people like that on there, B. Rizal from the Above the Rim soundtrack, who was on Death Row Records at one time, but never got an album released. Yeah. Like, what happened? Do you really finding out what happened. And yeah. like finding out if they have uh treasure trove of old music laying around there's got to be a reason that it never got released and there's got to be a way like with band camp and everything now to get that stuff out there yeah i have to imagine that those people would be fairly accessible it shouldn't it wouldn't be too hard to perhaps find one of the members on social media i think uh, i think that's a great great plan i'm thinking right now and 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 forgive me if 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 
if this artist had more than just this one song, but the kids soundtrack featured a, a, a rap crew called low down click. I think, I don't know if you ever okay. heard that, but I, I remember researching them and never find able to find anything other than this one song. And you kind of wonder if this was just like Harmony Corinne's friends or something. <laughs> right, right. You know, nice. There's a lot of unanswered questions with soundtracks, and sure. I did find out. Oh, I don't remember which episode it was. Where like it was a. You know, I always thought it was sort of limited to like the rap centric soundtracks where that happened more so. But like uh, somebody just brought up a uh, one of the soundtracks I just covered. It was a rock band that was only on. Uh, oh, it was Point Break that we were talking about. Point Break had a band that like only appeared there and nowhere else. And yeah, so I guess it maybe it was more prevalent than I realized. Where like yeah, probably somebody who either knew somebody within the 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 label that released it or something along those lines, or were signed and prepped to put something on, and it just fell through. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting stories there. So for me, that you know, I mean, I realized that's like the worst dream guest where I where I could be like, I want to have like some idol of mine on. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously that's an easy answer too. Like yeah, it'd be great to have RZA or somebody on, but. You know, for me, it's more, I'd be more interested in getting somebody on like that who maybe has like a bunch of other music that I would enjoy sitting around that could possibly see the light of day. Sure. And pulls back the curtain on, on how that sort of thing comes to pass and uh, the song ends up on an album. Eric, Eric, thus, thus far, a couple episodes of of Soundtracker have gone over two hours in length. Are you (laughs) editing these shows yourself? Okay, so no, I actually had a fan, a fan of the show, reach out to me and offer to edit for me. Um, they like the show so much, and you know, they're like, I'll do it for free. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna make you edit my show for free, but I appreciate that. Um, and they're, I don't know how they feel about like names going out, but they are on Twitter at the name four underscore five underscore and nine. Huh. And doing a great job with it so far. Just happy to get them. Now, I did. The thing is, I mainly was going to do like you did and edit live, sort of do like a live thing like this. And for the first like two episodes, that worked out pretty well. But then there have been like weird technical issues. Or when I did uh, Escape from L.A. with Will, Will recorded his own audio on his end with Zoom because he's got his whole studio mic set up and it, you know, is going to make his audio sound way more crisp and clear. And then sending those files separate. I have no idea what I'm doing when I look at that. I'm, I'm so like editing dumb. So the, the program that I use has a pretty easy edit feature. And like for certain ones I can use that, but I, the, the guy who offered to edit for me very kindly sort of said, I want to do this to clean up some of your ums and uhs, which I appreciate too. Cause I do have, more of those than I would like. Cause I'm still kind of finding my footing. Sure. So yeah, he's doing a great job. And like I told you before we started here that the, um, Batman forever, that episode ended up being four and a half hours long. Yeah. I before... couldn't believe that. When you no, told me I that. will say the first 45 minutes was just me and Scott sort of BSing before we did the like, okay, I'm going to take a 10 second silence and we're going to start the episode thing. So really it was probably about three forty-five. but I had, you know, I had a little 90 minutes out of that and it was tough and I did that all myself. And like, I was just listening to it the other day and there's one very obvious edit that I did where it's like, I mean, I guess if you were listening to it in your car, you might not notice, but if you were paying attention, it was like, it was just really obvious cut so but it was the best i could do so i am happy to have and if you're listening thank you for doing this for me again i know i've told you that in direct messages on twitter a lot but yeah he's doing a tremendous job for me awesome awesome well you're very fortunate to have him and he is doing a great job and uh, i'd say you're doing a great job also as i'd mentioned um 
I, there was no flagging in your stamina or your enthusiasm during that episode. If it you know truly was as long as you say initially, you can't you can't tell. It's not as if you guys were getting burned out on the subject matter or anything. It's very impressive that you're able to to keep that up for as long as you well, did. You know, one of my big fears going into this was, and I know that this is my girlfriend making fun of me when she says this, but like I would run out of things to say. And she would always be like, Eric, if there's one thing you don't have to worry about, it's not having something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know she's making fun of me when she says that, but she's not wrong. Very cool. Very cool, Eric. Eric, as of now, there are, there are five episodes of Soundtracker available. We've got Boys in the Hood, Garden State, Batman Forever, and Point Break. Oh, I'm sorry. Just, is that four? That's four. No, five, and, then, and then Escape from L.A. that just got out. Oh, this shoot. Week. Right. Escape from L.A. Yes, which is the most current one. And, and and you did mention Meet the Deedles, which is coming up. Are, are are there any others that you can reveal that will be featured on the podcast in the coming weeks that maybe you can tease oh, sure. out? If not, I, it's fine if you don't want to do it. it's uh, No, no, no. I have no problem. I actually put something today on Twitter, and then I had to delete it because people didn't seem to catch the theme and were like, okay, so I'm doing all horror movies for October. I'm a horror movie guy. There's actually five Fridays in October this year, which gives me five episodes, which is even more exciting. Um, and there's a lot of good horror movie soundtracks. There's a ton of ground to cover there. So I had revealed the list today and then I had a bunch of people yelling at me to do like gross point blank. And I'm like, apparently you didn't catch the theme here. So I'm just going to delete this <laughs> and you can see them weekly as they come out. But yeah. Um, so unfortunately one of the five ended up, it's a, uh, somebody who's doing very well right now with her music career. And I really wanted her to come on and she was happy to do so, but then things got booked up for her September and October. So unfortunately one of the five I'm going to have to replace. So currently the four that are lined up are lost boys, which is going to be the first one in October. Oh, that's a great soundtrack. Prepare for the recording it tomorrow. But the lost boys, um, tales from the hood, idle hands, and no, wait, why am I blanking? Idle Hands and, um, oh, I know what you did last summer. Very good. Very good. All right, listeners, we, we can look forward to those. Thank you so much for giving us the insider on that one, Eric. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. That's great. And I look forward to the Lost Boys in particular. I, I was a huge Echo and the Bunnymen fan, and they cover, I believe they cover pe- The Doors the opening song if, I, if, I, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they cover Strange, and I was, I remember being ecstatic about that as a younger person. It's a really strange soundtrack, and one of the things that didn't strike me until kind of... Okay, so the the guest that's going to be on brought up a good point, and it was who who exactly... I mean, she loves the soundtrack, obviously, but it's interesting, and I never considered this, but who was the soundtrack for? You know, because it's an R-rated movie, but it's obviously geared at teenagers. Yeah. But then you've got this soundtrack that's like Roger Waters, the guy from Foreigner, doing, like, covers. (laughs) It's a strange album. (laughs) It's very good. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, there's a couple. There's a couple ones that I'm not a huge fan of on it. That uh, Eddie of the Writer song sort of sounds like it belongs in like a buddy cop movie. But outside of that, you know, I mean, Cry Little Sisters, like an essential soundtrack oh, yeah, song as far as I'm sure. concerned. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. Eric, we look forward to it. This has been so much fun. Thank you so so much for taking time out of your weekend to talk oh, with of us. Course. This is really. You great. know, I do have a question for you. Certainly. So how, how, and I, I, if I miss this somewhere, cause I, in, in, you know, you've got a lot of episodes to cover. So where did the name come from for oh, this particular? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and a couple of people have asked that over the years and I'll tell you the story. I was in a Goodwill, <laughs> I was in a Goodwill looking for vinyl <laughs> as, as I want to do. I always, uh, yeah, great. It's a great place vinyl. for it. And, uh, and I saw this record, uh, with this, this white cover with these, 
smiling people, like these beautiful people's faces, like, you know, uh, kind of pixelated, like in that 70s style on, on the front. And, uh, and I looked at it quickly and I said, people are the enemy. What a strange title for a record with such happy looking people on it. And I picked it up and it didn't say people are the enemy. It said people are the energy. And it was like an up with people album. <laughs> which is which is on Spotify, literally. Like you can look it up and see the cover, and uh, and I just thought to myself, boy, it, this does not say at all what I thought it did at first glance. And I don't know if, what that says about me, you know, and my emotional state. <laughs> but I thought, I thought, what a great name for something. And I, I I tweeted it out, and I said, whoever wants this can take it because it, it it might work well for a song title or for whatever, like a book title, album title, whatever. And after a year, nobody had touched it. Nobody, you know, a couple of people chimed in and said, "Oh, that's a really cool. You know, that sounds like it'd be great for this or that." And nobody touched it. And uh, and so I said, "Well, I'm just going to call my podcast that then." And that's how it ended up calling <laughs> people the that's enemy. That's great. Yeah, it's, I know, it's I a little worse at titles. So yeah, yeah. Right it took on, me forever man. to Thank think you. a soundtracker. Like it was, a, I had the concept nailed down, and it was about a month later that I finally came up with a name for it, which is funny because it's like the easiest possible title for it but I, like I, have I a, had like eight 20 other ideas you know and like just none of them seemed to convey what i was going for and then it was like oh the like the easiest possible title yeah, is what works here. for sure i have a i have this 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 theory that you know the shorter the title and and the better you know what i mean like steven every steven yeah. spielberg film is like one or two words it's like jaws jurassic park schindler's list you know like all the stuff that you can easily remember so that you've got just one word is fantastic soundtrack you know. There's an author that I'm a huge fan of, Bentley Little, and all of his either short stories, not everyone, but 90% of his short stories or books are called The Blank, yeah. whatever whatever the whatever the, the subject matter is, the the door, the collection, his, even a short story collection is called The Collection. Right on. Very easy, very easy to remember, very easy to, to call upon. Very yeah. cool, very cool. Well, Eric, this has been this has been so much fun. Uh, listeners, this has been episode 191 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Eric Peacock is our guest. His podcast is called Soundtracker. Check it out. I think you're going to enjoy it. Eric, thank you so much. We love you. Peace. Andy, thank you for having me on.